0: and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. And as I mentioned last week, I'm back with my friend, Deborah Westbrook. I'm not going to read her uh, bio again, but just, uh, Deborah, thank you so much for being back with us. Uh,
1: It was an honor. And again, I want to tell everybody that joins us, it's always an honor and always considered an honor when God opens these doors and give your best. And so thank you so much for asking me to do this. I really enjoy it.
0: Oh, Thanks. Boy, I do too. I have so enjoyed getting to meet people and uh, learn and grow from people as I've been doing these podcasts for a couple of years. And it's just every time with every person, it's uh, something new and exciting and fun. And I always leave the interview feeling much better. My vibrations are higher. My spirit's good. So uh, having said that, we're not going to talk too long about this, but I do want people to see the comparison. You live in California. When we're recording this, COVID is still rampant. And you and I were talking off camera about uh, how listening to these things, following the news can cause us outrage, can take us down the tubes, lower our vibrations. So what did God say to you about that?
1: We talked in the break, you brought in something that I said on Facebook live, the Lord reminded me of what he told me. And he said to me, leave the echo chamber of the mundane. I see a lot of people, they're moving to these platforms where it's an echo chamber. God's not called us to do that. So I'm not going to like, I'll, let's just get very specific. I'm on a lot of media platforms. I'm on Parlor, Instagram, But I'm going to stay on Facebook because you cannot surround yourself with people who just think like you. You cannot be outraged. And even though I disagree 100% with a lot is going on here, I will never dishonor the person by calling them names or forming up a a side. I believe outrage will lower your vibrations, and your physically you can get headaches. You can have blood pressure go up because. There is something during this season of 2020, you can be outraged 24 seven. So release the social media echo chamber and use social media to be who you're called to be and bring the light and forget everybody that wants to argue, let them go. It's not worth it because it's not gonna solve it. It's almost taken on a life of its own this whole 2020. So let's see where it goes. And that might be naive, but it's how I see things.
0: I don't think it's naive at all. I think it's very enlightened, and uh, it's obvious that the joy in your life and seeing what God is doing with you, and as we mentioned on the break, you know, I got so caught up with the news and the election cycle and all of that. It, it was really affecting my health, my attitude. I, I don't have a dog, but if I had a dog, I think I would have kicked it every time I got up from my couch <laughs> from listening to something, just, you know, <laughs> that that kind of thing. And being able to let things go it's not that I don't have an opinion it's not that I don't care but God has just shown me Paul if I call you to be involved in that and to make a difference then great, you know, let's do it. But I'm not calling you to do that. You know, I'm calling you to help people see who I am, who they are, to focus on who they've always been on unconditional love and grace and how we're all one. And there's always going to be something going on. You know, I'm a little older than you. I was born in the 1940s, right after World War II and the atomic bomb and then came Korea and the Cold War and then all the unrest of the 60s, all the different things This is not the worst time (laughs) ever.
1: I agree. I sat at the table with my grandparents who came from Poland and they came from Poland to Chicago. I'm a second generation American and I listened to their stories. This is not the worst of times. And if we think it is, we are pretty entitled. And one other thing I want to say, travel has enabled me to say, and people just may not like this. America is not the center of the universe. People in Finland do not want to be Americans. People in Kenya do not want to be Americans. They respect us. But our view of life somehow feels like we are the center of all thought throughout the world. And that is not true. There is such diversity in each culture. And I think that we get so wrapped up in this internal fight that somehow we've got to rise up as the greatest. And I think that. Maybe in America, we need to look very carefully at our pride. (laughs) Don't stone me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm I'm with you. I really am. You talk about being a, a travel scribe. Tell us what that means.
1: First of all, I've been very fortunate, and I want to let people know you don't have to be independently wealthy to travel. God has always seen fit to do it. You don't necessarily—people think, oh, well, you can do it. I can't. That's not true. Where God leads you in that word will come the resources necessary to do it. You just have to believe it so my life was always based on travel before we were transferred overseas i was going overseas and i i just i'm a good traveler i'm very adaptable i'm, I'm a good listener i'm very curious i'm very adventurous it's also broadened my perspective i started to learn that when i went into nations all of a sudden, I would hear God speak about the nation. I would hear sounds, very mystical experiences, as well as very practical experiences of the nations we were in, because I am a mystic. I'm a mystic. So when we were in Finland, every the first couple of years of being in Finland, I kept getting these recurring visions, just for instance, and I would see, I would hear water running. And one thing led to another, the visions, the word, and the Lord would Tell me that freedom was coming to the Finnish people because of a revelation of the finished work of the cross. And this was like 15 years ago or a long time ago. So I realized that I was in a conference once and the Lord said to me these two words, travel scribe. So I knew that it's still coming. It's not here yet. I've been practicing with it, but it will involve iPhone photography, speaking what God is speaking in the nation, and just following the flows. One thing you don't know about me is that when God has said to go to these places, there's a whole bunch of experiences that have backed this up that are pretty phenomenal. So yeah, I'm a mystic. I'm owning it. And I think uh, it's good. So Travel Scribe, I don't know where this is taking me, but boy, I can't wait. I look forward to it. There are places I want to go very dearly in my heart. I want to go.
0: I love your enthusiasm, and the week that we're recording this, Steve McVeigh's been teaching recently on enthusiasm, which is originally a spiritual word that we're uh, in theos, in God. When people said enthusiasm back when that word first came to be a word, it was a spiritual word. And people knew, oh, well, they meant somebody that's full of joy, somebody that's connected with God. And so, you know, and I see your enthusiasm about that. And also, you're mentioning being a mystic. As we're recording this now, people will hear it later, but I'm right in the middle of doing a 10-week series on mysteries, mysticism, and mystics. And i self-identify as a mystic. And I used to say that reluctantly because, well, just, you know, because, but I've come to realize everybody is a mystic. A mystic is someone who hears from God and everyone does. Most of us don't yet know that it's God speaking to us.
1: That's Uh, true. That's true.
0: And that's what I I love to show to people when I see them saying good things or doing good things or coming up with an idea that they never had before. I love helping them see where that came from. It's a mystical experience. And it's sort of like quantum, uh, what's the word?
1: Quantum. Well, quantum should have experiences. Yeah. Once we get out of the concept, that's what I'm asking the Lord. Like, where's this leading us? There should come experiences. Jesus had quantum experiences, but not for the sake of promoting ourselves. It should be part of our normal life. And I think maybe we've made mistakes in the past. We've used that as a means of building a ministry wrongly. So the attention mm-hmm. became focused on us. And mm-hmm. now I think God wants us to live with a childlike faith all wonder innocence in who he is. And let's see what happens. I think it could be phenomenal.
0: Well, it is. You know, Jesus said one time, you guys are going to do even greater things than I've done. And, you know, I used to read that and I thought, that must be a misquote. Somebody must have mistranslated that or something. But no, I, today, because of the internet, <laughs> uh, we're doing way greater things than he did, not in quality, but in quantity. You know, it's like us talking today. And by the time people listen to this, there'll be people listening in countries all over the world. You're saying will resonate with them. And so it is indeed a great time to be alive. It's a great time to be able to share these things with people. And Hopefully, this won't become an organized religion thing uh, with leaders with big titles and who people worship stuff. Hopefully, it will continue to be small pockets, many, many, many small pockets of people in San Francisco and Lawrence, Kansas and Luxembourg, uh, wherever that are hearing from God, that are people who are having mystical experiences and sharing them with other people, not for our own glory, not to build us up, not to start a ministry, but just to share God's love and grace and joy with other people.
1: Yeah, I am amazed at how people do not understand what it means to live a life in the spirit. And they want a 10 point step to do that. And that's religion. You have to kind of form and help people understand that it takes times of meditation and intimacy to learn to walk in a realm that's contrary to your natural senses. It's not hard. And yet I'm amazed and it makes me wonder, what have we been teaching them all these years? Because a life in the spirit as a mystic, as you said, should be normal life. And that's like the Christ mind yielding the left side of the brain to the Christ mind living. That's what it means to be seated in heavenly places. That's what Paul meant when he said, it's more important you see what can't be seen than what can be seen. So there's the crux of the matter. That's why we're falling into outrage. So, you know, asking to speak a little bit about politics. When we're falling into outrage, we are falling out of the spirit. We are falling into a natural government of man when we're so much greater than that. And so mystical experiences liven your faith. They broaden your joy. They increase your love because mystical experiences, it's really a personal you and God moment, that aha moment where you know he's alive, you know he sees you, and it just becomes fun. God is also adventurous and creative as we co-create with him. It's not not anymore, not for me. I just refuse to live a boring life.
0: Well, me too. One of my favorite sayings was Helen Keller, who said, "Life is either a great adventure or nothing at all." I'm not going to settle for nothing <laughs> at all.
1: Never lose a holy curiosity. And one of the things I've discovered in life—thank God you discover it when you're older—if I make a mistake, I don't stop. I'll go back. I will. Cons- Forgiveness plays into this too, because people are afraid to step out and risk. They're afraid to look like a fool. There, and that's a me-centered theology. If you're just going to take a risk and you're going to be adventurous, know that you'll get it right. You'll get it wrong, but you keep on moving. You go back and say, I'm sorry, forgive me, but you never stop. And when I realized that, the onus wasn't on me anymore. I'm spirit. Yeah, but I'm also in this flesh. And there are some days where I'm just not going to get it right, but I'm not going to stop. So you develop this hurly curiosity by knowing that you are human and you are divine all in one beautiful package. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's so well said, Deborah. And you mentioned earlier, your dad loved music and and you as well. And, you know, that's my background. And my background is uh, Even though I have an education degree and trained classical musician, I'm really uh, a jazz musician. And I compare it uh, so often as a jazz musician. We're always improvising. We're always co-creating. And we're going to mess up from time to time. But in a true jazz group with people who are improvising and understand this whole thing, we don't focus on the mistakes. We may joke with each other in a fun way about them afterwards, whereas with classical music, which I liken to religion, man, you make a mistake. That's what you focus on sometimes for the rest of your life. And that's not what God intends at all.
1: That's an incredible analogy. And I've heard that, but you brought it back to mind. Oh my gosh, that's like so true because jazz improvises, does it not? You're always on the edge of trying to create something new. And that's like, yeah, music moves us. Like And I don't know if you know this, but if you have a strong math background, you're really also pretty good at music. I read an article about that and you would never correlate the two, but it's true. So I'm a sound person. So even all my years of not having training, I heard sounds like I maybe one other time we'll talk about that, but I could hear sounds and how the Lord shifts notes. And that's just something that's also, Yeah. That's a whole other topic. That's (laughs) that's our mystical side of us.
0: Yeah, well, let's do figure out a time to talk about that. I'm interested in hearing that. It, It reminds me, I have a very good friend that I've known since high school, and I still have lunch with him every Thursdays. And like me, he's a bit eccentric. I copied this down. Was it you that said you were so grateful that God's made you a little quirky, a little scientific, a little mathy? Yeah, I wrote that down, and I I go over that. Well, he made me a little quirky, and my friend, too. My friend's a musician, and for quite some time now, he's been able to see what he calls an audible rainbow. The colors in a rainbow, he sees each color as a different musical note and so when he sees orange that makes him think of let's say a flat i don't know i don't know which one but he's able to hear that and for you know quite a while those of us who were friends with him he played in my band for a long time most of us who were friends with him thought well it's just another really quirky thing about roger well no come to find out it's a scientific thing called chromosthesia and uh, i mean it you know they they've been able they've got instruments now like with with quantum where they can see that each color does have, indeed, a different sound, a different frequency. And what I'm really interested in, what you were talking about, uh, hearing the sounds and
1: stuff. So well, the sound is so fascinating. I remember years ago when God started to develop this, and I can't always verbalize it because I'm still in the process of learning it, but I was hearing sounds in the spirit, and those sounds would show me how to move forward. Like, for instance, I was in, in the service once, and I kept watching the guy leading worship, and I literally... Saw in the spirit the note that he took that just went the wrong way. Like, and I remember going up to the leader and saying, You need to replace him right now. Because, and yeah, no, it was, and that's a long, funny story too, because he took it off in a wrong direction because God was intent on certain notes. Now, that was phenomenal to me. And it has to do with sound. And I'm still studying that. And I'm like, Yes, Lord. I'm all in. You know, when Moses heard a sound within a sound, when he came down off the mountain, why did Moses, I think it's an exodus, Moses heard one thing, Joshua heard another. And I think that, was it Moses that Joshua heard the sound of war, but Moses heard the sound of victory? And I focused on that verse. And I was like, why did they hear two different sounds from a group of people? He had to discern. So, So I said to the Lord, I want that. I want to discern What people are saying when they're not really saying it. (laughs) I want to discern what's going on in the atmosphere. And I think that that's valid today because on social media, there's a whole bunch of sounds. You have to choose the right sound and what to listen to, to enhance your life.
0: Wow. That, that's so fascinating. And of course, it, sounds have vibrations. We all have a vibrational field. It can be low vibration or high vibration. It seems like maybe all this ties in together, you think?
1: I think so too. I think everything we've been talking about, I can see threads through it. Like when we're talking about outrage, it's about sound. Be careful. When you're talking about your music and improvisation, well, I think that's how God wants us to live life. He wants us to have this holy curiosity that takes us by the spirit like where the wind blows. And I think that we can't settle always so succinctly into a routine pattern and that some people are just born Administrators and they don't like to hear that. We do live oh, in the world.
0: That's great. One of the analogies I use is with the Holy Spirit is I call him Papa and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. I picture them as a jazz trio, piano, bass, and drums, all have different functions, but when you hear them, you hear one sound, but it's three of them doing different things. And they've invited us. To play or sing with them, whether it's with a trombone or a saxophone or a voice or whatever. And so we get to do that. Now, if they're playing, I left my heart in San Francisco in B-flat, and we decide we're going to play Proud Mary in A-flat along with them, well, <laughs> it's like it's like Jesus said to Paul, it's, it's, you're kicking against the goads. You know, this is a hard thing. But when we play the same song that they're playing in the same key, in the same tempo, but yet have the freedom to co-create, to improvise, that's when it's really good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, And co-creating, I've been studying that for a while. It's not resident yet in the minds of most Christians. A lot of Christians I meet who've been in church a long time, they're still waiting for those downloads to proceed forward step by step. And we're getting these uploads now, and the Lord's asking questions. And we're kind of like sitting there going, can I answer that? Do I have the right... I mean... Aren't you God? (laughs) Don't you know this? And God is intent on the journey. And that's why he's co-creating with us. Because in the co-creating, he's bringing out this beautiful person. Man, this has been so exciting. It's like you've encapsulated everything I am into two podcasts. So I'm like, I want to thank you. I'm just really blessed by this.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you. And gosh, I can see this leading to more. So when we uh, wrap this up, we'll stay online and talk about that Where we'll set something up. I say this often, and I'm going to say it enough that I really believe it. I want to believe it, but it is true. Every day now, every day, sometimes many times a day, I see that God is way better than I thought he was yesterday. And it's not that he is better. I'm just seeing it more. And I don't think we will ever uh, see Jesus face to face and go, Oh, dang, you know, I I overestimated you. Yeah, you know, you're not that good. at. (laughs) It's it's just a continual revelation that he's better than we thought. What would you like to say before we finish, in addition to telling people how they can get in touch with you?
1: Well, you just prompt the spirit in me. In the book of Narnia, C.S. Lewis, uh, the lion Aslan is talking to Lucy, and he says, each year you grow, I become bigger. And so each year that we grow, we don't become smaller. He just becomes bigger. And we see ourselves wrapped in this big God who is capable of all these beautiful possibilities. And I think that once we see him as bigger, we see our place in that flow and we become so creative. So I just want to encourage everybody do not ever settle for living a mundane life, a boring life, because we have within us Christ within us who through the Christ mind opens up a realm of possibilities, if you want to say in the quantum energy field. And if I speak to myself on the days that were a little hopeless or frustrated, we have to remember that we're tuning into a greater reality. So center down, breathe. When frustration gets to you, outrage, and there's plenty of it in 2020, back away a few steps and just breathe and let the Lord enlighten you and breathe into you joy and peace. And he will open your eyes to see with greater clarity A world that really is beautiful. We've just forgotten that.
0: Oh, it's so wonderfully said, Deborah. It it reminds me of that song, I'm breathing in your grace and breathing out your praise. All right. How can people connect with you? What happens on Tuesday afternoons?
1: Tuesday afternoon, four o'clock, we always talk about quantum spirituality. I call it quantum overflow. And these are the things that I see and I receive from reading quantum in hopes to encourage people to walk in their creative expression. Four o'clock Pacific time, That's like three hours later on the East Coast. And then I post those to YouTube. So if you want to listen to a replay on YouTube, there's also Deborah Westbrook, YouTube channel, webpage, deborawestbrook.com. All of this is in transition. We're all clarifying it and making it a bit stronger. So because this is the month of December, there's a journey right now where we're ending up the year. So join me on Tuesdays. I I think people will like it. It seems to be growing. I think people like it. I'm helping them become themselves.
0: <laughs> you are indeed. And thank you so much for doing that, helping people become themselves, see who they really are. And thanks for taking the time to share your story with us today.
1: Thank you, you so much. I really appreciate this.
0: Thank you. And we will schedule time and we'll do a couple more. So thank you everybody for listening. Thanks for being with us for another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you,